episode 17 with Joe Sheehy. On today's episode, I head over to Cured Nutrition's headquarters and sit down for a conversation over a delightful coffee with my buddy Joe. Joe is the co-founder and CEO of Cured Nutrition, a Colorado hemp-based company specializing in CBD and functional mushroom products. Joe started his professional career in aerospace engineering before transitioning into the world of cannabis, which, if you know anything about the explosion of that industry, is no easy feat. Today, we dive into a multitude of topics, including building close relationships, the importance of networking, and how to stand out in a saturated marketplace. If you love the episode and would like to support the podcast, I would love and ask for a review on iTunes. Really, guys, thank you so much for all of you who have given the podcast a review. It does help out a ton. And as always, screenshot the podcast episode and share it on your story. Be sure to tag me at Austin Current. Enjoy the conversation. All right, we're recording. Ready to go. Trying to figure out what we're, what we're still good at. So Joe... Welcome to Life Beyond Fitness. Thanks, brother. Absolutely. So I was on the, I was on your podcast, The Cured. Is it still called The Cured Collective? That is, yes. The The Cured Podcast, yes. The Cured Podcast. Yeah, okay. So yeah. I was on that. Yeah. Um, and we had a, a great conversation. So if you guys want to have, that's more of my story. Yeah. Um, so I know I don't talk about my story too much on this one. Uh, if you guys want to hear my story, go listen to that one on, on The Cured Podcast. But today's all about Joe and someone who is very intriguing, um, someone who's become a very good friend of mine over the last couple of years, really, year and a half, year and a half or so. It's been quick, man. Yeah, it's been a year. Yeah. It's been a year. Because it was, I, Lo and I started dating in, well, July of last year, but I, we were, it was, it was either August, September, we ran into each other in boulder and i was fucking preoccupied on the phone on a phone call and i'm like dude nice to meet you but like i'm so sorry i'm on this phone call (laughs) yeah Um, i remember because i saw low yeah because i was like we were in boulder yeah because we were in boulder we were i think we went um i had to get my hair cut or uh working at a coffee shop or something Mm -hmm. with you know with my wife and I thought I saw Lo because I'd never met Lo in person. I had followed her for, you know, we followed each other for a few years up to that point. But yeah. um, I think she'd, you know, she had just got her hair kind of chopped off. And I was just like, I think that's Lo, uh, which would mean that's Joe. And so I was just like, because <laughs> um, obviously I, I knew what she looked like, but I was like trying to make connect the dots. And yeah. then, you know, we, we ran into you guys and yeah, you were on the phone and I was just kind of like, sorry to bother you. Um, cause I'm super non-confrontational and like, I yeah. don't like, I don't want to bother someone at all. Like, I just don't want to bother you. Yeah. And that goes with anyone. Like we, we sat next to you. So Mumford and Sons is our favorite band, which we actually together went to go see yeah. a Mumford concert yeah. in, in Ireland. It was, was fun. so dope. Yeah. Um, but we were sitting next to their um, bassist, is that how you would say that? Mm-hmm. On the train in London. Like, just like, I could have reached out and like, touched his hand. Like, that's how close we were to, yeah. to Teddy. And um, I was just like, I was like, say hi, say hi. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to bother him. 
you know, it's just like, no, 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 I don't want to bother. I'm just, you know, if he, I'm in his presence and that's enough. Yeah, I was like, dude, I'm just appreciating this moment. Yeah. Like I can hear him talking because yeah. he's having a conversation. I would assume with like an agent or something like on the way back from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Cause obviously he was at taking the train from the airport into London city. And so it was just like, I don't want to bother the dude. So yeah, that was like kind of the the situation. I was just like, I don't want to bother this dude. Like yeah. he seems super busy. I know he owns this company. Um, and that company is Cured. So for the listeners who aren't familiar with Cured, kind of yeah. debrief us a little bit. Yeah, man. Cured is um, always evolving. So that's the first thing that I'll say. Um, as anybody in the walls and that has supported Cured has noticed is it's continually evolving and that's because we are continually learning what cured is and what cured is to us and how cured as a company shows up in other people's lives to enhance and elevate their life. And that really started in the cannabinoid sector, specifically CBD, which is non-intoxicating cannabinoid in the cannabis plant, great anti-inflammatory, great for calming purposes and a plethora of, of other, of other health benefits. And, um, something that I started using years ago and saw, wow, there's something here and nobody's talking about it. And probably because there's this massive stigma one maybe people don't know what cbd is compared to thc and then two like if they do there's this stigma around it coming from the cannabis plant and like this cheech and chong stoner mentality that Cha, man. yeah. <laughs> yeah and it like is true in some cases but is very wrong in a lot of other right, cases right. and so i started talking to people in the health and fitness industry about hey like what is your cannabis use and what are your what cannabinoids what 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 things do you use that are stigmatized and you don't talk about? And people, it was like one after another, people were like, I do that, but I don't talk about it. I do that, mm -hmm. but I don't talk about it. I'm like, okay, well, why? And so it cured was born out of the desire to help shift the stigma around cannabis. And it's continually evolving. Like what we're super excited about right now is, is mushrooms and mm -hmm. the potential of mushrooms and the combination of those with, with cannabinoids and our, your rise and Zen products are really good. Yeah. The profiles like, are, are really good. Those are like, that's like where we hold a lot of our IP. That's where those are the things that we're trademarking. Those are the things that nobody else has. And it's been an evolution to get there, but it's all been born out of the desire to take my life this is a selfish piece of it, but take my life and live it to its ultimate potential. And if, if I'm, if I can focus, if I can calm myself down and if I can sleep, then I can show up as the best human being that I am and I deserve to be. Now, what's also important outside of that is what we do is we sell supplements, right? And they are exactly that. They are supplemental to a life and they're supplemental to a life, a way of living. And that's the big message that we put out there is cure is like, if you don't have your shit in check, if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not meditating, if you're not, and this looks different for everybody, but if you're not taking care of yourself in the way that you know, you need to take care of yourself through movement, through introspection, through all of those things, then taking these supplements is not going to cure you. So let's wake up to what we actually need to do and let's live the lifestyle of cured through the understanding that it's a whole, it's a whole plethora of things that we need to do to be our best self. And once we get to that place and taking care of ourselves, we're always going to need to supplement in some way. Like we're all humans, right? And it's sometimes it's hard to focus. We all have anxious times like 
you're human, right? And <laughs> and and we all have we all have uh, inflammation. There's good and bad inflammation, of course, but there are things that need to be understood there. And the products that we sell are to supplement and and help with with those aspects of your life and and of course sleep and recover so becoming your best self through through products that are rooted in nature and and really misunderstood and so it's been super evolutional we started off with some cooking spices and now we sell a whole array of food products and supplements and functional mushroom cannabinoid profile things and it's it's just been a passion project that has continued to evolve with the desire to become my my best and truest self and i think that everybody that works within the walls and works with cured sees the same thing that like that's that's what cured is trying to do so it's 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 a project man and it's a beautiful like movement through what life is for for me and and the people that are closest to me and it's uh it's never ending and yeah so ever evolving and yeah. i i think i mean even i've seen it evolve in the last you know year plus that right. i've known you and you know gotten closer and as we sit at cured right now and record this podcast like and I was here yesterday with my wife is, you know, she works for you guys, um, or consults for you guys, uh, contract work, I guess, what do you call it? I don't fucking know. She helps us. She helps you guys. <laughs> she Anyways. helps us do things. Anyway, she helps you guys do she's, things. She's our creative mind. Creative mind. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, seeing things evolve has been really cool. And so that's, that's cured. That's, that's all I, I'd not, I've heard you kind of dive into that before but i liked the way you you approached that so that's that was good yeah um so one thing you mentioned was introspection during during the process and so introspection is something that i've talked about on previous episodes of this podcast and then myself on other podcasts and introspection playing such a large role in my life over the last couple of years trying to really figure some shit out and so i i've spoken on introspection a little bit as playing this this pivotal role but what is introspection i guess been for you and what does that look like for you and mm. what kind of like what light can you shine on on that process man it so i'm reading a book right now called awareness by anthony DeMello. it's really good um and i'm only about 40 pages into it but the the beginning pieces of the book talk about how most people walk through their lives asleep and they're not aware to it. They're not, they're not conscious of walking through lives asleep, reacting in a certain way, being triggered and falling back into the same exact patterns, whether it be people pleasing, whether it be, getting really agitated because you are people pleasing, but you're not listening to yourself, whether it be just literally not having conversations and communicating in a way that you need to for yourself and for your partner, for business partners, whatever it may be. And the big thing for me is I have been doing work, like deep work on myself for years now. Seven years ago, I found myself on the other side of a guardrail coming out of a blackout ready to jump off and kill myself. And that night after getting pulled back over the guardrail, 
took more Xanax than I even knew somebody could take and still live. And waking up the next day and being in the hospital and telling my parents all the substances that I had been taking, the way I had been living my life, it was like, whoa, dude, you are doing something wrong and you are, you are asleep. So that happened and I had for years prior to that been going to therapy. I've always struggled with anxiety. I've always had a voice in my head and I didn't know where it was coming from. So it's like been an exploration of like, what is that and who am I and why am I living? I was living so far out of integrity at that point and I woke up to it and then that was when I got involved in, in the fitness industry. But the big thing is like, I search for answers externally, which a lot of people do, whether it be through competing, whether it be through having a physique that is a beautiful facade that people want to double tap on on social media and you're, I'm going to get filled up with hits of dopamine and get that external validation. And great, okay, cool. So I can like walk through life and I'm confident and that like that's who I am. So I did that. And then I, and then I was worked really hard to get an aerospace engineering degree and worked for NASA for a while and was like, okay, that's really cool. And I tell people about that and like, well, that's so cool. Still not filled up, still not filled up through bodybuilding, getting into being an entrepreneur, finally quitting my job and finding success quickly with cured, but still feeling something's off still feeling pieces of me feeling that there's feeling that I'm not stepping I'm not fully into who I think Joe is and the answer is I haven't I hadn't gone fully inside and talked to myself and understood who I was to to its fullest and it's something that I'm working on very heavily right now actually in therapy I've been through years of therapy and it I used to be super embarrassed to say that, but like that more than anything is so fucking powerful for me because it allows me to show up in my relationship, in in business life and everything, in an understanding of who I am and the way I react and the way that I get agitated, the way that I shut down, the way that I don't communicate. And all that's to say is I've got to the point where I realized it's not the external. Like the, uh, you can put every, you can stack the fucking dollars. You can have the house, you can have the car. Like I'm sitting in a place where like years ago when I was sitting in a cubicle designing parts for a spacecraft was like, oh fuck, like why do I hate this so much? Now I'm to the place where I have, I have a beautiful fiance. I have an, a, a business that's flourishing. I have, I have everything that I thought quote unquote I ever wanted, right? but st still something feels off and it's because i don't i i don't love joseph the way that he deserves to be loved and it has nothing to do with anybody outside of me besides myself and the way that i show up for myself and that's what i've started to realize is you can look 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 and never you're never going to find that answer what you have to do is you have to look in the mirror and you have to go in and you have to have that introspection and you have to start recognizing your patterns. And thankfully I have some people in my life that when I have fallen into a depression, when I have been reactive, when I have done things, they've called me on my shit. And I think a lot of people have, have experienced that have been called on their shit 
but do they like, do they hear it? Do they wake up to it? Are they conscious to it? I think often there's an ego in the way of hearing or so I think there's an ego in the way of listening. Mm. I don't think the ego gets in the way of hearing. So obviously hearing and listening are two different things. Yeah. We're, you know, chronically distracted. We hear a lot of things, but we listen to very few things. Mm. And listening, <laughs> imagine like, and this starts to really make sense is like, I'm thinking about it right now is imagine how many things are said to you throughout the day. Um, really from really important people in your life, most likely that you are just hearing, you aren't listening to that. And so imagine how little you listen to others. And so you could imagine how little you actually listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. How little are you listening to that internal chatter? And so I, I ask you now, like, so I'm not a huge fan of like affirmations or speaking to yourself in the mirror or like, shouting aloud, I am great. But I do believe in internal chatter. I do believe in the internal voice and how it's speaking to you. It's, it's whether it's your conscious or subconscious speaking to each other, it's, it's, if you've read Mark Manson's latest book, it's the, the feeling brain and the thinking brain. It's the person driving the car and the passenger uh, within that car. And it's, it's the internal communication between the two. And you got to be listening, you got to have feedback and you gotta, you gotta be skeptical of things and you have to start listening to both sides. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I'll, <laughs> I saw this, uh, Abraham Lincoln, you know, the, the famous Abraham Lincoln quote of like a house divided cannot stand. And it's like, right. well, shit, man, like, isn't that the truth in, in many facets, but especially like when looking at your internal communication, if you have a house that is divided, if your internal self is so divided, how can you expect it to stand? Right. 100%. And be sturdy, be have a, like a good foundation to it mm -hmm. and for you to be strong within that. So yeah, like I guess what is your what is your take? What is your look on that internal internal chatter that you experience? Is that something you're constantly working on? Is that something that you've seen affect you greatly? Because um, I know I've it affects me greatly. Oh yeah, so. yeah, dude, it affects me massively, and it's and it's driven a lot of it's driven the way I make a lot of decisions my entire life. The big thing that. I've woken up to is that I am not those thoughts. Like those thoughts are not me. I'm actually the observer of those thoughts. I'm observing myself thinking that way. I'm observing myself thinking that, oh, well, somebody just reached out to me. They're asking me if I can do this or that. And I'm instantly going and pleasing. And if I step back and like, even last night I texted you, I was like, dude, I can't make it until eight 30 mm -hmm. myself of a year ago. Would it, would have rushed to do things this morning to get there at eight and not like actually just protect myself. And what it was a half hour difference. You were receptive to it. Like, but like that can compile so, so much if you're not uh, actually conscious and observing the way that your internal dialogue is working. And for me, like what I have realized is that that is how I have lived my entire life. I've lived out of a place of 
okay, if I if I show up for this worse person or I please in this way, then I am enough and I am loved and I feel like I'm okay. And I've done that since a very, very young age and I'm I'm starting to realize that. But the only way that I've realized that is through getting still and meditating and seeing how I have the same thought pattern over and over and over again. And as somebody that's massively an achiever, a three on the Enneagram, like, okay, I've had, like when I first started meditating, I'd be like, all right, I just am laying out every single thing that I need to be doing today. Like, yeah. and that it's more of like a silence of an itinerary. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I'm not fucking present. I'm there answering emails when I'm trying to meditate. And so yeah. for me, it was one reading the book, the untethered soul and understanding that I am the observer of those thoughts. And we have, I don't fucking know what the number of thoughts is that we I have per like day, but it's 80, 60 to 80,000 or something. Yeah. Thoughts. Something yeah. crazy like that. And how attached we can get to some of those and how we can actually make up an entire story in our head that is so false. We've both done that too. Dude, yes, 100%. Because if you don't have, well, one, if you're not having that communication with the person or whatever it may be, or something is triggering to you and you start to say, hey, like, well, okay, this happened. She's going to leave me like, like it's over. Like I'm going to, I'm, and I'm going to get abandoned. And and I've had times, and this is something that low and I practice is like, if we have something like that going on, we'll sit there and say, Hey, like, this is the story that I'm telling myself. And she'll sit there or I'll sit there and I'll be like, Whoa, like that story that you're telling yourself is so far off from reality, but we can get so attached to that and being able to step back and stop and say, Hey, okay, I'm observing that. Well, Joe's doing that because he thinks that he needs to show up for that person because if he doesn't, then they're no longer going to be his friend and they're not going to love him. And well, how could he do that? And so he needs to, he needs to go do whatever those other people are asking from them and then just continually abandon yourself. And I've done that for a very, very long time. And that can become very dangerous. And without being conscious to that, you can, you can lose yourself and you can just mold to every single person around you. You can have, be a little piece of every single person in your life, which depending on how you do that can be done very correctly if you're surrounding yourself with the right people. But if you're abandoning yourself to, to be enough for other people and you're not the situation, yeah, yeah, you're showing up for the situation, not for the people you're with or yourself. Like 100%. you're just showing up to be who you need to be in that moment. Yeah. And you do that how many times per day mm-hmm. over how many weeks at a time, how many years. And it's like, no wonder you're losing yourself. You don't recognize who you see in the mirror anymore, any longer. Cause there isn't necessarily a strong foundation of a person in there that you can recognize. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of compare it, this is a little off topic, but I kind of compare it to some, you know, like almost a parental relationship in a way where you, your parents knew you during your very, obviously your early life through your teenage years, most likely. And then you most likely, you know, the standard, like go off to college or you move away, get a job, whatever you do. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you visit home periodically and you're going like through the, all these formative years, especially like me being about to turn 26, like, so really moving away from home at 18, 19, and now I'm going on 26. Like 
how many, like the formative years that have happened there that I've been distant and separated from my parents. Now, I'm not saying we don't have great conversations, but they're very sparing. They're very limited. And I don't expect anything else from that because I, I, I think it's unfair to expect anything more from your parents or my, like from my parents to know, because I don't inform them of every little realization I have, every little self growth thing that I have, all this, this roller coaster that has become life of emotion and self-reflection, introspection and realization. Like they don't know all those things. They don't know all the experiences I've gone through over the last eight years. So how am I to expect them to know and to expect to have a conversation like you and I would have that's deeply vulnerable mm-hmm. and, but we know a lot of like details that are kind of needed right, for 100%. that conversation. And so your parents don't really know that. And so like what I'm tr- trying to get at here is this is almost what's happening with yourself. And so if you keep showing up for a situation and not for yourself or not for those people who you're with in a way that you can show up for them, you're basically becoming that communication with your parents over time. Like you're losing how to actually have a fucking conversation with yourself yeah, yeah. and you're losing who you are as a person. What That's what I was going to say. You are losing. You don't know who you are. Yeah. You, you don't know who you are. And let's be real. None of us come into this world knowing who we are. Like that's what we're trying to discover. But, yeah. but, but you have to, you have to come, you have to wake up and you have to be aware. There is, it's, it's really interesting. So Mike Bledsoe, I'm not sure if you know who he is, but, um, used to host the Barbell Shrug podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, he, he he had this post not too long ago where he said, there's a difference between being aware and growing the fuck up. And that's the truth. Like, I could sit here and I have a very good memory. I could regurgitate. I could regurgitate every book that I've read. Right. And that's great. And I could fool a lot of people doing that. That's like listening to that's what, sorry to interrupt, but that is the problem that I see with getting too deep into self-help, getting too deep into like the Eric Thomases of the world, the Grant Cardones, the even to a level of like Gary Vee, like Dude, you're just 100%. hearing shit. You're yeah. just hearing it yeah. and you're kind of implementing it in a way where you start to see a cause and effect. And luckily, like if you're not having, so the self-help without introspection is little to nothing of worth because you, and you know, these people when you, when you meet them, you know, the, so they've listened to the last, you know, 200 episodes of impact theory. And so they're all jacked up on, you know, Tom, which who isn't, but that's great. And you can, you know, Tom's a guy that I I do like Tom. I think he's a great, you know, hosts a great podcast and all of that, but he's someone that again, recites these lines of motivation, these quotes, these, sound bites almost from a biblical sense without being religious. And it's like, or as like a biblical from a big biblical sense, like, does that make sense? 100%. So it's kind of, it's like reciting, uh, like scripture or biblical verses of motivation. 
And it's like, but you let's, instead of having 30 of those sound bites you live your life by, let's choose two mm-hmm. that you go deep on, mm-hmm. like find two that mean something to you. Cause I'm someone that loves quotes. I, I got a huge start on changing my life through these self-help, these self-help eBooks or what would now be podcasts or whatever. And, you know, that fired me up to the point where I started to kind of see the cause and effect and that change in consistent action over time. Like, how does this index, if I do this, what happens? And I saw that domino effects start to happen with the cause and effect. And those self-help things came into my life at a very formative age of like 18, 19, 20 years old. And but I don't attribute necessarily that I attribute that to kind of being like the nudge or the punch in the face of like, Hey, wake the fuck up. Mm -hmm. But the guidance in the right direction, a punch in the face sends you nowhere. You need a guy, you need someone to guide you from that point. Mm -hmm. It may wake you the fuck up, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but if you have no guidance, you're not going anywhere. So you're just, you just, you're there getting punched in the fucking face over repeatedly. Dude. And that's honestly one of the biggest things that I appreciate, appreciate about you and our relationship and several other men that I have in my life. Um, fucking just being vulnerable and like calling each other out and like not, not in the most direct way sometimes, but like asking a question that's like, Oh, okay. Like yeah. I need to think about that. Yeah. And I don't think that there's a lot of men specifically that have people in their life to be able to do that. And if they do like, do they actually listen? Because, because the thing is, is that how society has built up the man is that you can't be weak. You got to be a man. You got to grow some balls. You can't cry. You can't have emotion. You can't, you can't express your emotion. You can't like all of these things that have built up the fact that, okay, so, well, you don't have any like divine or feminine peace to you. Like you can't, you can't cry. You have to be stoic all the time. You have to be always be the protector. Well, how fucked is that? Like we want to talk about how we need to be a whole person. Well, you have a masculine side to you and you have a feminine side to you. And if you're not feeling that both sides of that, whether you're a male or a female, like you're never going to be a whole person. And if you don't have the people in your life that are going to sit there and be like, okay, great. But what about this? And ask you the difficult questions and you're going to listen to them. I think that we're, I think that the world is waking up and I think that males are actually getting what they need more and more now, but I think we have a long way to go, man. I agree. And I, I just want to end that this kind of like this segment, cause I want to transition a bit, but in this segment with, one thing that I I'm really glad I did early on was not surround myself with yes people. And this, again, I can, I can attribute this to that self-help phase. I was in 18, 19, 20 years old, you know, when I was hearing these guys who have experienced all of these different things and are, you know, spewing this motivational stuff. But that was something I definitely got a value from that phase was, don't, you know, don't surround yourself with yes people. If you have people in your life that are just saying yes to everything you fucking say, run, they run. Yeah. Like they don't need to be near you because that is, I've now realized through introspection and observation, that is the definitive tell 
of a transactional relationship. Mm I am going to tell you yes, because I want something. Whether it's now, later, whenever I need it, I'm going to be that yes person until I need to have that ask, right? that transaction right. of, oh, hey, um, by the way, since I've been so supportive, now I need this. And I don't know, that could you know surface in many different forms. But as a whole, like I've observed, at least in my life, those yes people are the people that come out to be that transactional surface level relationship over time. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to surround, you want to know who to surround yourself with, it's not the people who just say yes. It's the people who are asking questions based off shit you're saying, you know, like our conversations go. You know, we meet, try to meet for coffee once a week and it's yeah. mainly us asking each other fucking questions the whole time. How are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And it's- How are you actually doing? How are you actually doing? And, and based off of like, even before we hopped on this podcast, it's like, how are you doing? But based off what you're saying, I'm not just gonna, don't go in with a series. It's like, a we don't go in with like a series of questions of like, all right, this is the five questions we always cover at coffee. And right. like, we just get in the thing. It's like- it's ever evolving of, okay, based off the last few times we've met for coffee, this is kind of where you've been at. Let's check in. Right. Let's progress. Let's be vulnerable, but let's ask each other some hard questions. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm not going to just agree with you all the time mm -hmm. and we have it, you know, but it's, it's, it's in a place, it's in a safe space where. Yeah. And it's in and a it's loving an understanding, way. 100%. In a loving way. And yeah. it's, it's, yeah, there's an understanding. There's this. Yeah, I guess that's just a great word. There's an understanding going in of like, this is where we're at. Yeah, you know, and I love you, and right. I'm always like, this is why I'm here for you, and yeah. like vice versa, you know, like, which yeah, man, it's like I don't, I, I have a handful of those relationships. They're very important to me, and then there are a lot of other relationships that I have that have been built over the years that. I'm just waiting for the time. Like Very I'm not true. asking, yeah. I'm not asking for something up front. They're not asking for something up front, but they're, it's coming though. Yeah. On both. And that's like, yeah. it doesn't mean like that that's necessarily a wrong way to see. That's where I can't like even sugarcoat that one. Cause that's like, <laughs> cause fuck me for even trying to say that. Cause like, that's like, um, Emmanuel Kant when he said, um, don't use a person as a means to an end, mm -hmm. just use them as the, they are the end. Like right. they're not the means to an end. They are the end. Mm -hmm. And so like in our relationship, for example, a healthy male relationship where we're able to be vulnerable, we trust each other. We can talk about shit. We can get uncomfortable without feeling uncomfortable. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. And there's nothing I need from you right? other than you, for you to listen to me and try and help if I need help. Yeah. But that's out of pure emotional help. Not like, Hey man, like I could use this or that from a physical, like a materialistic standpoint or whatever dude, let's else. Be, let's be honest. Like before we ever really knew each other, I was like, Hey dude, do you want a rep cured? Like, 
that's the truth. Yeah. And then we hung out and got to know each other. I'm like, fuck, don't do that. Like, yeah, I just want to be your friend. I told dude. you no. I was like, yeah. fuck that. I was like, no. I just want to be your friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And because I've had, well, one, I've seen that go very south over the last couple of years because I said, hey, that I had some people in my life that I was becoming really good friends with. And I said, Hey, like I want to do this basically how this is working out. Like I am signing up and agreeing to paying you thousands and thousands of dollars a month to help rep cured. Let's have that understanding. Let's put that in place so we can fucking put that aside and just be friends. Because when, when you try and mix the two, it gets very fucking messy. If there's not expectations and happiness equals reality minus expectations. So you could have very, very high expectations, but the reality is those people aren't showing up for the way they need. They are not showing up for you in the way that you expect them to, or need them to. So you're not going to fucking be happy in that relationship. And that, yeah, man, it's, what are your, what are your expectations or your asks? And like, are we very clear on what that looks like? And I think that that's been one of my big learnings over the years with just relationships and networking and meeting people is like, what are we looking for out of this? Yeah. And that's a great transition. So just wrap, like wrapping that segment up, don't use people. If you go into a relationship already thinking how this person can serve you, mm -hmm. you've fucked it up. It's, mm -hmm. it's done. Like mm -hmm. don't, and I've done that. Like I've done or that don't and go, I've failed yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that way a lot. I'll just be straight with that. <laughs> going in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like we, I, we all have fuck. Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's part of being, and so like, this is a part, this was a, this was a chapter in, uh, Mark Manson's recent book that I thought was very, very insightful. And he just did such a great job at articulating this. And it was, this was the same chapter that he gave. Um, also the, the, the Emmanuel Kant reference I just gave of don't using people, not using people as a means to an end. Um, and so this was a huge part of growing up, maturing. Like as, as we develop, whether it's through childhood, adolescence, or quote unquote adulthood, or kind of like growing towards a certain threshold of would be maturation, like maturity, I guess. Yeah. Um, becoming more present. Becoming more up, present, but like, know, yeah. As a kid, obviously you're seeing what you can get away with as right. a child. Like you're seeing what you can get away with. Like, can I do this? Will I get in trouble? You test your boundaries. Mm -hmm. And then as a teenager, as an adolescent, as someone growing up and starting to, starting to mature, like through high school, think high school, early college or middle school into high school and early college. Um, some people as they're full grown adults are still in this phase. Um, this is not like, this is not a chronological thing, by the way, this is a biological thing. Mm. So, I mean, like you don't, once you turn 25, it's not like renting a car. Like once you turn 25, you don't hit full, you know, emotional maturity. Like that's something you have to earn and deserve and you work towards. But so like the child, the child's always trying to test boundaries. What can I get away with? And everything's very self-serving, like very selfish, mm -hmm. which makes sense. And then as you move through like your teenage years, it's very transactional using people as means to an end. Like what can you give me? Mm -hmm. And that's most of your high school relationships mm -hmm. and most relationships, unfortunately with just people in general, <laughs> but <laughs> once you know, let's be real. Like, yeah. but once you kind of hit, start to hit that maturity threshold, then relationships just become the end. They're just their relationship. Mm -hmm. They're just, that's it. Mm -hmm. I don't expect anything from you. You don't 
expect anything from me, nor should we. Mm -hmm. I just know you're there. We just know each other are here. Yeah. And that's, that's with like, you know, people in your life. That's, I'm trying to get to a point where you guys start to understand, like, this is what you should search for in a relationship, a healthy relationship, whether it's with a partner or with friends, people you call your friends in real life. Like I have a distinctive line and this is something I've been very strict with is who I call a friend and who I call an acquaintance. Because mm. a, a friend to me is how someone would normally say like, oh, they're one of my best friends. To me, that just means friend. They're a friend. Mm -hmm. That's how I define friend for me. And if someone's like, oh yeah, they're a friend. That to me is just an acquaintance. Mm -hmm. That's not a negative thing. It's just, you're an acquaintance to me. If you need me, I'd like to help, but I can't say that I'm guaranteed. Right. Because I have deeper friendships, relationships that also may need me. That's going to take precedent because I, I can't be everywhere. Yeah. You know? And so really get definitive and start being introspective and ops, like, I guess, observant to the fact of these relationships in your life and how they're defined. But to move on, you mentioned how important this was to building relationships and networking mm -hmm. in the business world and just life in general. And so specific to, cause like there's coaches and business owners who listen to this podcast and, or coaches who are trying to build businesses and, or in just quality relationships as a whole. And so you're someone who has really built a very successful business heavily on human connection and networking. And so I want to get a little bit into that. And yeah. so I guess what's the most important thing you see in terms of that networking and human connection? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing for me is when you do make that connection or that acquaintance is like following through on your word and following through on your gut feeling, like if it feels good and you feel like you can actually have an extended relationship with this person, like not waiting for them. Like if you, like, if you feel that get their phone number, reach out to them the week after we reach out to them the day after, even if it's just say, Hey dude, it was great to connect with you. Looking forward to the next time we speak again or whatever. And then having zero expectations. That's something that Jay Ferruja has told me and, and described very well. And I was just texting him the other day, but I haven't talked to him in seven, eight months. And that's most of the people that have stuck with cured and have been with cured from the very beginning. M dunk, for example, I had her on my very first podcast, Committed Physiques Radio in 2016. Mm -hmm. I had a list of people on my podcast that I sat down with and I had an hour-long conversation and I asked them very, very vulnerable questions and I held space for them and I said, hey, like, cool, like, I see you and, well, I don't really know what this is gonna, what, what is gonna come from this, but I'm allowing you to share your story and your voice and I know that we've felt comfortable in this situation. So I know down the road, I can reach out to you and I can send you a message. And when I was starting Cured, there were a bunch of people that I had made those connections with specifically in the fitness industry that said, sure, like send me some product. And yes, there was a self-interest in that because I was building a business but the fact is that we had made a connection and there was a piece in that where there was the inherent trust and the, and the understanding that we're here for the good of each other. And 
there are going to be times where I ask for something. And then when you ask for something in the future, I'm going to be here. And that's really important. And that's been a massive driver of building this business. And the fact that if the, if there is a situation that I feel uncomfortable around, or I feel like, okay, like I'm a little bit nervous to go to this event, or I'm a little bit nervous to sit down or get on this phone call or any of those things, running fucking straight towards that and getting uncomfortable and showing up as best as I possibly can and becoming present and making that connection and saying, Hey, this is me and this is what I'm building and this is what I'm trying to do. And thank you for just listening to me and seeing where that goes, like not having expectations, but just having the understanding that this is a connection and I'm very passionate about what I'm doing and what I'm trying to build from a community sense. And there are going to be times when you ask for something. And then there are going to be times when I ask for something and it's always going to be mutually beneficial. And that's something that's been really hard as a company that does affiliate marketing. And like, that's where some of the dangerous pieces of that are is that, well, having, having a social media following, having a community through a podcast, like any of those things, they are of value. And that person has worked really hard to build that platform. And then there needs to be an understanding between that person and the brand or whoever they're working with that, Hey, we need to meet somewhere in the center to make this mutually beneficial. And that's something that over the years we've, it's been tough to figure out. But the thing is, is that the only thing that feels good is having is building that long-term relationship and keeping that open communication path and saying, Hey, like, how is this feeling for you? How is this feeling for me? And okay, cool. Do you, do we see each other and let's try and figure out how to, how to do this going for, forward rather than shutting down and having again, those expectations and measuring them compared to your reality and then becoming unhappy again. And man, I would have never in a million years thought I would have the phone numbers of some of the people that I have. How I use them is very, very sparingly because they have worked very hard to get somewhere in their life. And I look up to a lot of them and I don't necessarily have a lot to provide for them quite yet. And not saying that I have to, but saying that I want to feel that I want to be able to pour into somebody else and then they are pouring into me just by having a connection. So some of those people, um, I mean, even, even Jay, for example, he'll hit us up very randomly and say, Hey, like, I would love to connect you to this person. I could turn, I could have a year ago when I met him for the first time said, Hey, can you connect me to this person, this person, that person? And it's the long game. What some people are looking through, looking for through relationship and, and connection is, some instant gratification and feedback of, okay, well, this is going to happen. I'm going to get to this person and I'm either going to be able to make a lot more money. I'm going to be able to do this. I'm going to be able to do that. It's very, it's very of self-interest. And I've had that blow up in my face and I've learned that that's not good. So for me, it's, for me, it's analog. It's like constantly analyzing the relationships that I've built and saying like, am I getting out of it what I deserve? And if you are, do you, do I feel like I'm giving that other person what they also deserve? And then if the answer is yes to both, just sitting there and letting, letting the relationship evolve 
in the way that it's meant to without without crazy expectations yeah no. quick means to a profitable end is what i think of in terms 100%. of 100 percent people again going back to transactional relationships and very shallow intention is a, a quick means using people for a quick means for a profitable profitable ending and you can feel it happening when you when you when it happens um and so if you've ever felt it like don't do that to someone else but i want to highlight because i was recently on m dunk's podcast yeah emily duncan's podcast uh which is m embody radio for uh you guys listening if you guys want to go listen to that it was an hour and 45 minute episode that was fantastic um definitely take the crown for the longest episode recorded yet i think um which <laughs> that doesn't surprise it me. doesn't surprise me at all um but it was it was such a good conversation and in that we highlight and go over managing expectations and i think that is so big and you you touched on that multiple times within what you just said about human connection and networking is what are the expectations going in and how these successful relationships with successful people again like you know there's different relationships you're going to have like you got to realize that every relationship isn't going to be a deep vulnerable connection like i this is like a <laughs> if anyone listening watches seinfeld um one of one of seinfeld's like jokes is or one of his bits is basically going over like i'm not taking any more interviews for friends like i'm mm. we're good we're not hiring mm -hmm. you know and it's like not everyone's all not everyone isn't always hiring you know like i'm not always looking for new friends mm -hmm. i'd love to connect mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that's going to go any further than hey can i help you with something mm -hmm. let's stay in let's stay in touch mm -hmm maybe down the road, mm -hmm. things change. Maybe we'll start hiring, yeah. you know? And I, I don't mean that to be in like in a conceited way, but that that's reciprocal, right? That's on and both ends. And that's a boundary for yourself. It's a too. boundary for yourself. Yeah. You, re going back to, you need enough energy to give to those people who you are deep and vulnerable and cl really close to. And those people that I would call quote unquote friends. Mm -hmm. um, and which really starts to separate friends from acquaintances for me. Mm -hmm. But it's managing expectations because what you said, what was that formula you said earlier? Happiness equals reality minus expectations. There you go. So in that equation, I've lost a lot of happiness in what I was telling myself about what I was supposed to be expecting. Mm -hmm. these irrational expectations that I just cooked up in my mind mm -hmm. or was told by someone else, Hey, this is going to happen. X, Y, and Z is going to happen. You're taking care of bro. We're great. <laughs> and it's like, cool. Now I'm telling myself this narrative yeah. and the reality is not matching the expectation. And therefore my happiness as a result is taking a huge downturn. And then where in that, is, is it on us to have the introspection to, well, do I need to communicate better around my expectations or are my expectations valid? And is that person not showing up? You know, it's like the balance, the seesaw of that equation. There's a lot to, there's a lot to study there really. Yeah. And that's, 
again, it, it all goes back to just being introspective and whatever you need to do to be introspective. Like this is a, I'm not a, a religious person um, by nature, but I think praying is valuable mm -hmm. because it puts you in a meditative state in which you're talking to yourself. You're being introspective. You're able to speak out into the world, into the universe. And depending on your beliefs, you get an answer, whether that's from yourself or a higher power. Mm -hmm. So I think prayer, whether that's prayer through going to a safe space, a church, just through meditation or just kneeling beside your bed or just standing up straight like a weirdo staring at a brick wall, like whatever you want to do, whatever mm -hmm. your praying is, whatever your meditation looks like, be introspective, sit down without distraction. And again, that's why I think it's so powerful because you're sitting down. If you're doing it from a religious place out of respect for that higher power, no phone, mm -hmm. no distraction. Mm -hmm. We're just talking. Mm -hmm. So you're able to open up, you start to get this stuff out and you're starting to think about these things. And for the first time maybe, or for a very limited time, you are finally listening to yourself. Your, your subconscious is listening to your conscious or vice versa. Right. So that's where I see if you're someone that struggles, like I don't understand how to start doing this, how to start listening to myself, how to start speaking to myself and how to evaluate and get introspective. Like if you're someone who prays, listen, listen to what you're saying, listen to what you're asking, listen to what you're putting out into the world or to this, to this higher power that in which you believe in. And, or you're going through meditation, listen, observe the thoughts that come up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do those mean? Yeah. 100% man. And, and the, the words that I was thinking about when you're saying that is fucking show up, like just show up show up for yourself and show up for the people around you and do it in a way that is authentic. And that's, that's coming back to the connection piece and the networking piece is show up without, with, with clear and valid attainable expectations, true expectations and, and stand in your authentic and present self and understand that things are going to come your way that are meant to come your way. And that was one of the big things I was thinking about from, from cured standpoint and, and networking for me and making connection is the reason that we, we have these events that we do here in Colorado is to get off our fucking phones and to come into human to human connection and just sit in that presence and understand that, wow, fuck, we need that as human beings. The feedback and, you guys get on that. Yeah. Because like, I've been to every, I think every one, every event but one. Right. Um, that first one, going back to showing up for yourself, that first one, I was super anxious. Mm. It would have been the first event as a whole, I think. Back in October back of last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember you, you invited us and I was like, oh, we got to go. We had just gotten back from a trip. And that's when I had to listen to myself, take care of myself because- we were, I had the keys in hand. We were, I had my cast, had her hand on the door, yeah. turning the knob. I could hear the traffic as she opened up the door and felt the breeze. And it was like, I can't go. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I can't go. We can't go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was just like, okay, we'll stay. We'll stay home. 
just we won't go. And that was the first time that I'd ever done that. Like you did like last night, like your example from like last night, I got a text um, in which I answered you at two 30 in the morning this morning. <laughs> we won't talk about my irregular sleep schedule, but you showed up for yourself. You listened mm-hmm. and you realized that you weren't going to put your best self forward until eight 30. Yeah. Give myself another half hour. You needed, and a change of location, right? Yeah. yeah. So instead of meeting for coffee somewhere, I came to your office. Yeah. Which makes it much better, and you're going to show up better. I'm going to, doesn't make me a difference. So now we're in a better place. You showed up for yourself. And that's what I did at that, like not going to that event is I, nothing in me felt like I was going to put forth me. Mm-hmm. I was going to put forth an anxious energy, a presence in which I didn't want people to meet for the first time. Yeah, we you were, were going to go please people. Yeah, and it was just wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right place. It wasn't the right energy I was putting off. And that wasn't the self. That wasn't the person I wanted to put into the world because mm-hmm. that wasn't me. I didn't, I was still trying to recognize who this person was yeah. and come to terms and kind of just sit in it for a bit um but yeah like sorry to interrupt but that was no it's hopefully you didn't lose your place but that was like that was a place where i had to show up for myself similar to you showing up for yourself even last night mm-hmm. um and how you we continuously do it with each other is like hey because some you know we try to meet for coffee once a week right and some weeks it's just like hey man it's not gonna work right yeah and it's like okay cool nice. yeah yeah dude and and yeah we're going back to the event piece of that and and creating connection at this last event that we had there were people there i met people there that i have been so interested to connect with for so long and we didn't even invite them to the event i've i invited the people from the archipelago project here in Denver. And there are people that are part of the archipelago project that came to the event that really didn't even know what cured really was, but they showed up and I met them and I was like, Whoa, but all it was, was just like, that's what I've been calling in. I've been calling in connection, but only by saying, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is our movement. This is our company. This is our brand. This is why we are holding these events to come together and just spend some time and hold space for each other and have an immersive experience. And time and time again, people show up that I would have never thought that I didn't even know followed cured or they didn't know what cured was. And they got invited by somebody else because of the need or the Uh, actual availability or existence of connection with that person to somebody to that has that knows cured. And there's no ask in there. It's a, Hey, I'm on this journey. This might be cool for you. Do you want to come like, and, and then that's how that's honestly how a massive piece of my network has been built is just saying, Hey, like, I don't know what's going to come of this, but I'm going to show up and we'll see who I run into. And like, for example, the men's group that I'm in, like I could have never in a million years, I'm the youngest in that group by 12 years. I feel like a child in it, but there are things that I say and talk about with them that I get text messages from them. And there's like, damn, like I'm learning so much from you. 
And maturity and experience is not chronological, it's biological. And that, I keep saying yeah. that because it's so fucking true. And it's wisdom, man. It's like you can be 23 years old and you could have experienced fucking hell and trauma and everything for those 23 years. And if you have worked through it and you're in recovery or whatever's going on, you have a wisdom because you've been through those experiences. Your, your age doesn't fucking matter. Like you've like from a, from an experience standpoint, you've lived a lot and you have a wisdom around that. And that's the people that I have in, in that men's group. Like I, I was at a Lululemon event. Um, I'm sponsored by Lululemon, which is really cool. I never would have thought that happened, but yeah, that's um, dope. <laughs> um, and I need to be better at representing them. Like, yeah. like, but anyways, quality thread. Yeah. So I was, I was there at a Lululemon event for, it was like a men's community event. And I was sitting there and I was discussing some of the difficulties of the last year and, um, and understanding how, I can be codependent and everybody's codependent, but some people in, in more extremes than others. And for me, it was, I was losing myself, um, in a way that was really, I didn't know who I was. And I was just, I was losing myself because I was showing up in the wrong way in a relationship. And there was a lot going on in the relationship, but like at the end of the day, like I should have been taking care of myself and I wasn't taking care of myself in the way that I should have. And I, I shared that in this, in this circle of men and, um, my now really good friend Traver, like was like looking at me across the, across the circle because every other person was just talking they're like, Oh, like I'm doing this with my business. I'm achieving mm -hmm. that. I mean, and I, I could have been like, yeah, we just, we just did this much in sales with I could have said so many things, but I said, well, uh, I just read this book called codependency no more. And I woke up to the fact that I need to show up better as a man in a relationship. And I'm trying to understand what that's looked like my entire life. And Traver was looking at me and he's like, like we, need, it, to, we need to connect after connect. this. Yeah. Um, You're special. And so a lot of that connection and a lot of that network has been built off of me just being vulnerable and growing up, growing the fuck up, man. Because if I look at the course of the last six, seven years, like, man, I had a lot of maturing to do and I've experienced a lot and I've made a lot of mistakes and I can look back on them and I can say, well, that's true. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry to myself. I'm sorry to the people around me. And the, the, the way that people hold me when I'm in that authentic state and that vulnerable state is creates the, the, most deep connection that I might not talk to that person again for five, six months, but I know that when I do, if they reach out to me or vice versa, they're going to show up. Yeah. And that's, so how I see age, um, most my friends, most of my wife and I's friends are older, like mm -hmm. it, some five plus years older than, than we are. Mm -hmm. And I always get like, Oh, for real, you're only that, you know, you're only that old. Like you're super young, dude. Right, like what yeah. the fuck? So we were just in uh, Cape Cod with our friends and like buddy Jimmy, for example, is 40. Like his joke is 40 year old dad. Like he always says that. <laughs> and, but like, it's like, and also the, the running joke is like, we went to, he introduced me. We were, uh, so my wife shot their wedding. Mm -hmm. uh, she's Irish and he's Puerto Rican. So it was, it's a super cool dynamic. And, 
they're just a super cool couple and cool people. And they're both in the Coast Guard or they, she had just got out in the Coast Guard, like just badasses as a whole. And, but just great people. And it's like, oh, he introduced me to his family as like, oh, this is Austin. We went to high school together. <laughs> Clearly not. Like he's 40. Yeah. I'm 25. Yeah. He's from Puerto Rico. <laughs> Let's do the math. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't add up, but uh, he introduced me. Like it's just the running joke. I wasn't like, even born yet. dude. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> this is the funny thing. Um, but like the, the, the coolest thing is like the relationship doesn't skip a beat. Like it's essentially like we're the same age. Obviously we have different stories where age comes into play. And where I'm getting at with this story is where age comes into play for me and how I see age is, time to experience. Mm -hmm. So I've had 25 years to experience X amount of things. Jimmy, for example, 40 years to experience a certain amount of things. There isn't a number of things that you have to experience. There's no minimum or maximum to that number, but yet how you live life, the choices you make and how you interpret those choices and experiences index into experience and, and, and overall wisdom of biological age, mm -hmm. maturity. Mm -hmm. And so the better you are at introspection and observing and listening, and you take the chance to experience life, the more wisdom you can have at a younger age. Mm -hmm. And I think this is, and this is why I, don't ever really ask anyone their age and why when someone really asks me my age, I just ask them to just, how old do you think I am? Mm -hmm. And whatever they say, I just say, sure. <laughs> Cause like, I don't in my wife will troll and be like, he's so young. He's 25. <laughs> but like, I don't, I don't like the question because then there's, there's all this, there's all this shit that basically comes up of like, now I'm, there's just like these superficial barriers that have now been, Oh, you're 25. I'm okay. I'm, I have 15 years on you, like mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And this is not what he said, but like, that's just an example of what and why I don't ask the age question. Cause I don't give a fuck mm -hmm. how old you are. It's, can we have a conversation? Can we go deep? Can we like have true genuine interaction? And can I trust you? Can I rely on you? Are you here? Do you listen when I fucking talk mm -hmm. or do you, are you on your phone? Mm -hmm. Like there's all these different things. Like, whether you're talking to a fucking 15 year old or 40 year old, the, the respects and expectation of, are you listening is the same or someone your own age. Mm -hmm. Are you listening? And unfortunately that's just the, the case. That's not always true. Yeah. 100%. You know? That's one of my favorite parts of podcasting, man. Yeah. Is sitting there and being like, whether I'm interviewing or being the interviewee, it's fun to be like, I don't know where the hell this conversation is going next, but I'm just going to sit here and listen. And I, like, especially when I'm interviewing too, yeah. it's like you, you feel like oh, you have to have the next question to guide the conversation and then you can get stuck in that question and then not actually listen. And like, yeah. it, it's, it's so funny because I've done that so many times. And I think podcasting has been one of the biggest catalysts for me to becoming a better listener. Absolutely. You have to listen because insane, like, I am very introverted. Um, I used to be very shy and introverted. 
and I think now I'm just introverted. I'm not very shy anymore because they are different things. And like, so the difference from my understanding is I don't have social anxiety of being in front of someone or having to speak to someone. Mm -hmm. I just choose to not do it. Mm. Or I prefer not to put myself in a situation where I'm going to have to show up too much. Right. Um, Or in an unauthentic way. Yeah. And I'm very, so I'm very sensitive to um, sensory. And I don't know what that means from a perspective of like self or, you know, whatever, but I'm just very, that's, that's the reality. I'm very, I'm very sensory sensitive. So I can get overwhelmed easily depending on what's going on in my life. Sometimes I have, and this is me checking in and listening to myself. So sometimes I have a very large reserve. It's like a reserve tank in your boat or a four wheeler or something. Like if you run out of gas, you always have kind of a reserve tank to at least get to your destination or get back home. So you could fill it with gas right so which if you know that it's there and you go to the empty all the time <laughs> right you're living on the fucking edge you're living on <laughs> you your reserve that. basically yeah. and you know yeah. what that feels like yeah. hopefully you do yeah. um or if you're listening to this and you're like fuck that's me right now um then take some time make your way back home but realize like you can take some time to fill that gas tank back up and for example to like to regress back to the point of me not going to that first event for, for cured that you invited me to, I was on reserve, man. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'd already eaten into my reserve. Mm-hmm. I had nothing left in terms of energy to give to anyone else. I barely had energy to give to myself. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was taking a step back and realizing and listening to myself that that's just who I am. I'm, I am introverted and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I have to respect that. And I have to respect the fact that I am very sensitive to, to sensory and, and stimuli coming very, I'm very sensitive to input coming in. And if mm-hmm. I get too overwhelmed, then reserves tank, I, energy levels get low and I have to go into the reserve. And as soon as I dip into that reserve, I can now feel that I'm intuitive to that. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel the same. And I know I'm not going to show up the same. But where I get to that is I am, I was very shy and introverted and therefore growing up, I wasn't the greatest at conversations Mm. because I didn't really have them. Right. You never practiced it. I never practiced it. And outside of sports, outside of coaches yelling at me, essentially, I didn't know what a true, genuine, vulnerable conversation or even a fucking conversation in general really looked like, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there was definitely a, the genesis of everything was kind of like when I started to become less shy, I think that was in college. Then I was almost, and this is why I think I talked about on the latest podcast I just released um, with Lacey Dunn. And we were basically talking about our experiences with higher education experiences with the university. And it's like, I haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah. Lacey. Uh, (laughs) Hope she's doing well. Yeah. And she seemed to do well. She was doing well. Um, But this is something I experienced at at a level of higher education and university was like putting myself in these situations where I was finding more out about myself. I was learning more about myself. I was kind of breaking down those barriers of being shy yet. I'd stayed introverted. I'd kind of just rather be reserved, stay home, study, 
play video games, kind of hang out with one or two people in the dorm room instead of like going out mm-hmm. and being a part of this huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I got less shy, I started to have more conversations and that evolved into this year of starting a podcast. Right. And over the years, I just became a better and better listener, which made me better at conversations because I wasn't, I can't say I'm ever really searching for something to say, because if you're truly listening to someone, there's always something you can say. 100%. Or as, as long as, also, as long as they know you're listening, you don't fucking have to always have to something to say. No, that's, like, that's, that's what holding space is. Like there have been so many times where we've gotten together and it's like, well, today I'm just going to hold space or today you're just going to hold space and we're just going to let it come out. Yeah. And I had, I had a good dinner with, with Alex McMahon the other night and that's all I did. I just sat there and I said, dude, like, give me the full download. I'm just sitting here. And there'd be times where I'd be like, fuck man. Like I would interject and yeah. say like, I feel you. And like, I'm sorry. And I'm here. And like, but like all he needed was me to sit there and listen. And that's, that's really important. And most of the time, that's all somebody needs when they're struggling with something or they're working through something is we have so many fucking thoughts in our head. We can get so trapped in those thoughts. We can spin stories like we were saying earlier and they become our reality in our head and in our external when we don't actually put them into words and vocalize them and see how they come out, how we feel when they come out and allow there to be somebody that's going to just hold the space and listen and say, well, I agree with this. I think that you should think about the way that this came out of your mouth. I think that, um, you're correct here and you know, like whatever it may be, but like just sitting and listening and being like, okay. And that even if you're saying 10 words in a whole conversation, you are, you are in conversation and you are being a piece of that puzzle that that person needs at that time. And that's like all humans need that so deeply. Yeah. So deeply. And I think feeling that is something that we need to, and that's where like our conversations, our meetups, um, really podcasts a lot of times to allow for that, almost that feeling to be had because in a world where we now have most of our conversations over a screen, a lot gets lost in translation. There's so much happening from nonverbal communication and just intuition and energy that I'm feeling. So it's just us sitting here in a room, like our energy, we can, we're vibing off each other, reviving off an energy. We're sharing a, a, a wavelength, if you will, of, yeah. of energy. Right. Yeah. And, through the, through a screen, through DMs, through texts, like it's so fucking, you, it's impossible to have that same conversation. You can't. Yeah. How many times have you reacted in a certain way because you didn't get an emoji or there wasn't an exclamation point or it was a short answer versus a long answer? But like, you had no, con- right, right. So that's where expectation comes in. Uh-huh. Expectation of the reality of what is about to happen. So for us to have a conversation in person, I have a much different expectation of what that conversation is going to be mm-hmm. versus a text or DM conversation between us. Mm-hmm. So people who can have the deepest level of conversation that could be had in person, but I have much different, exp- that's what I expect in person, but I expect much something much different through text or DM. Like yeah. much that's different. That's good though, that's really well, yeah. good. And where things get lost is when you don't. Mm-hmm. 
Or when you start having conversations, this, this is something I think is a huge issue. When you start having in-person conversations like DM conversations or text message conversations, mm -hmm. that is where I see a big problem because they're not the same thing. And I don't need you to have an answer. I just need you to listen and show up and just be there. And for us to share a space and share an energy, mm -hmm. that's what I need. I need to feel heard. I need to f feel like you're taking this information in at least to a point where you're understanding, right? And that's where I think things get lost because we start having these conversations like in-person conversations, like we're just texting. Like, so like there's always those three dots happening. Like if you have an iPhone, <laughs> there's always like, uh, there's always those three dots happening yeah. in this conversation of like, okay, once he stops talking, I got to come up with something. Mm -hmm. So it's a mix of listening. I may be distracted by my phone and I got to be sure those three dots are, you know, lighting up. Yeah. Have you ever had those three dots pop up and then go away and never get a text message and be like, oh, Okay. Yeah, but yeah, that, but yeah, that yeah. can happen in person. And I think that when you have uncomfortable situations, that's exactly what's happening is like, you know, that those three dots are there, you know, that that other person wants to say something else, but they actually just don't even get to it. And that can be very, that can be tough. And I've had it have, I've done that in my relationship. I've had that happen in other relationships. And like, it, it could be a sweeping under the rug of something, but the more and more that you have those three dots and let them go away in human to human interaction, you're putting stuff under the rug and you're building a very instable foundation that you're standing on. And that can get pulled out from under you at any time. And all that is, is that you've done a disservice to yourself because you're not showing up for yourself and speaking truly and saying what you need. And that is one of my biggest lessons over the last couple of years as an entrepreneur, man, like, like people, like I used to read every fucking entrepreneur book there was out there six, seven years ago, five years ago. I've used a little bit of it, mm -hmm. but the most powerful thing for me is going to therapy, getting a mentor and going really, really deep in conversation with a couple people close around me. It's where I can just get my thoughts out and see how that sits with other people. And then, okay, go from that and go reflect on it and be introspective, man, and see, okay, what is actually going on here? And how do I need to show up better as a human being? Because yeah. if I'm not showing up better as a human being, then I'm not showing up for the people around me. I'm not showing up for my company. I'm not showing up for for my own existence in this world. And, and I'm going back to walking through this world asleep. And that's a very sad place to be. And I think a lot of people are stuck in that. Yeah. And so if sleep doesn't register with you, think of autopilot, like mm -hmm. being asleep and being on autopilot generally like broken down to be the same thing when talking about like how you go through your day. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I think, as we start wrapping this up, I think it's a really good place to, again, just highlight or say, I guess, I don't know, we haven't touched on this, but like there's no, past the point of being a good person, doing the right thing, being ethical, not using people as a means to an end, there's no real rules in terms of like how you're going to get, let's say there's 10 steps, 
for each and every person, there's going to be, whether you're in a relationship or business or whatever you're doing, those steps really like two to 10 are going to be super different, or let's say two to a hundred, like mm -hmm. obviously there's a lot of steps, but they're going to be super different. And there's not a definitive, like we're not opening up a bank account, like one, go to bank, two, tell person you want to open up account, three, account is now open. You know, it's like, that's not how relationships work. That's not how business works. That's not how any of this shit works past the point of, again, like what I just said of being a good person and not using people as a means to an end and being ethical and whatever else, but don't get trapped. And I think that's, I bring this up because you and I both have read enough self-help books and entrepreneurial books to, you know, <laughs> make ourselves go crazy. And yeah, we both have taken away maybe a few things that we could build upon from those books. But as a whole, we both know that taking a step back and instead of trying to figure out the thing, we're trying to figure out our thing. We're trying to figure out ourselves. And this is something I talked about on the podcast that I recently did with Encima that you have more answers than you think. Mm -hmm. And you have to start, stop going external for those answers. And that's, you know, what you really touched on in the beginning. And I was super glad to hear that because you were trying to, whether it was for self, self validation or searching for answers, you were trying to go external. You were trying to go for a physique. You were trying to go for a reward an award, money, house, car, whatever, like job status. You know, so you could go back home and tell your friends like, oh, you know, this is what I do. And, you know, we all do that. I do, I've done that. And I, I still struggle with some of those things. But something I've learned, one of the biggest lessons I've learned is to stop searching within the external and really start to go internal. Mm -hmm. Listen to yourself. Again, get your introspective and understand that you have more answers than you think you have. And you have everything that you need. You really do. You just have to trust in that. And that's that it's a very simple way to summarize it is that you have everything that you need, but it's the truth because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And from an attachment standpoint, if you're attached to all of these external things and you can lose any one of them tomorrow, if that, if you don't recognize that you have everything that you need internally, any one of those things happening will be crippling. And of course, like shit happens, things go wrong. There are mistakes, there are breakups, there are, there are unexpected and they are val it's valid that it's going to hurt, you're going to you're going to be scared. There's going to be there's going to be a lot around that that you have to own is yes, it's a feeling, you got to feel it, you got to work through it, you got to understand it, you have to you have to grieve if it's a loss and understand that you're going to be okay because you have everything that you need. And that's something that, man, I can say that, but do I actually live that and, and, and know that I'm, that's me. I'm fucking working on that hard, man. Same. same. Really hard. Cause like that's, so where, where I find a lot of peace and where I've found, been able to find some peace over the last year or so is doing just that, trying to go, obviously internal as we've been talking about this entire time, but going internal to a point where understanding that 
I kind of always put myself like worst case scenario. What if everything right now fails Mm -hmm. other than like my, my marriage, like I, and all these equations, like I still at least have my marriage, Mm -hmm. um, which is everything to me. And as long as I still have that intact, you know, even like barring the most horrific thing that could happen or like me losing my wife or something tragic, being able to be at peace with what if all of this shit happens, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I I have connections I've made in the past. I have intelligence that I can call upon. I have emotional maturity in which I can put forth. Mm-hmm. I have a support system in which I can lean on. Like I'm good, truthfully. And if every materialistic thing gets taken from me, that's true. Mm-hmm. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. I can restart. Things may become a few things may be better. Who fucking knows? Yeah. Right. A lot of things are going to suck, but yeah. Yeah. He's right. There's, there's gotta be something positive in there, but as a whole, like I found a lot of peace in being able to at least tell my, think through that. Like what if the worst possible things could happen and all of this gets taken away? I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to fucking suck. And I don't know how, for how long, maybe, you know, years and years, whatever. Yeah. All in all, I'm, I'm going to be fine. And that's why like, I found a lot of peace in, I don't get as, you know, I think it's easy to be frustrated with, you know, some of the current landscape of like the fitness industry, for example, or the coaching <laughs> industry. And it's just like, yeah. you roll your eyes and you know, it's, it's easy to kind of like, you know, poke holes in it. Um, or I guess, make the holes bigger that are already poked in it. Um, but it's easier for me to deal with and handle these things because I've been able to internalize it. And someone that, um, I looked up, I look up to a lot and Ryan Doris, who is episode one of my podcast, he mentioned on my buddy Matt's podcast, more than fitness podcast that, and I, I, I heavily relate to this and this is kind of what I'm getting at was finding peace within I'm not attached to the necessarily like the fitness industry or what I do. I'd love for it to work out because I've spent almost my entire adult life, pretty much my entire adult life from the age I was 18 until now Mm -hmm. studying this, experiencing this, researching this, you know, all the things, building a business and a life around it. But I'd so I'd love for it to work out, but if it doesn't, I'm good. Yeah. I mean, we just spent an hour and a half talking about nothing but fit, like everything, everything outside the life beyond fitness. Right. Right. So that's the whole point, (laughs) the whole point of the podcast, but that, and it's finding ease, like in, in Ryan said in in that, in that episode, like if I had to learn, like if the fitness industry crumbled tomorrow, because he had a, he's such an interesting perspective. And I think you both would have such a good align, uh, aligned conversation with each other but he has such a healthy relationship with this. He's like, honestly, if there's any industry that's unneeded, it's fitness. (laughs) People know how to fucking move. People can walk, people Mm -hmm. can run, they can do push-ups and pull-ups. They're resourceful. They'll fucking figure it out. Mm -hmm. We're not needed. Mm -hmm. We're disposable. Mm -hmm. Are we useful? Sure. Yeah. Can we help safer practices and more efficient practices, more effective practices? Absolutely. That's what we dedicate our lives to. But as a whole, we're quite unneeded to the human, you know, construct as a whole. So what if that all crumbles? 
I'm good. Yeah. And he gave an example of like, if I need to learn how to become an, uh, a commercial airline pilot tomorrow, start learning. Yeah. I'll start learning how to become a pilot. Yeah. I'm, once you know, and that's where I've, you know, we both kind of talked about this in the past, but once you learn how to learn, you understand and come more into and mature with your own intelligence, your own ability, your own abilities, things become more peaceful because mm-hmm. you understand that if things of which you now have are kind of taken away or you have to take a detour, you understand that like, it's fine. You can learn something else. You can learn something new. You've, you've done it before. You can do it again mm-hmm. and you're going to be fine. Yeah, dude, 100%. I look at my life. I look at being a competitor. I look at being an engineer. And then I look at starting a company in the, the cannabis slash fitness industry. And the, the, especially the engineering to my current role, like the polar opposites and looking at, I mean, like, huh, like there's really no connection between the two of those, but I figured it out and I can do it again. And that's me having a trust in myself that I didn't necessarily know was there from a long time ago. And I think that that's why I was so stuck in engineering for so long because I was like, well, I don't know if I can figure this out. But then I started to realize that I can, and I just needed to believe in myself. I was looking for people on the outside to believe in me. And I I've said this on several podcasts, but I was getting so I was getting extremely depressed right before I quit my job to dive fully into cured. And I was in a therapy session and the therapist turns and hands me something and says, I'm going to give you something, but you don't really need this from me. You need to give this to yourself. And it's that card that sits on my desk that says permission on it. I just need to give myself permission to go do it and trust in myself and understand that I could figure it out. I was like, Oh, that's what I needed. I didn't need anything from anybody else. I needed it from internal. I needed to give myself permission. I need to show up for myself. And that's, that's what we're talking about here, man. And if we can show up in that, in that way every single day, you can do anything. That's an excellent place to, to wrap this up. And yeah. thank you. Um, thank you. Brother. Thank you for letting me use your equipment. Come to your Fuck office yeah. <laughs> um, and borrow this piece of equipment to yeah. go podcast with my wife. Later. Yeah. Um, very appreciative, man, of your time yeah. and your friendship and everything. And I want to end it with a question that I ask everyone. Um, but to preface that that question, this could be anything, uh, it could it, whatever comes to mind. Um, and if you don't have anything that comes to mind, that's okay too. What is one thing that you're working on personally? Presence. Presence. Yeah, right. every single day showing up in the present moment and that is can sound really simple but i'm terrible at it because i'm always on whole we're all pretty terrible yeah because i'm always on to the next thing and being an entrepreneur bright shiny object syndrome is terrible if you're not you you know that like opportunities come up left and right all the time and i can have a worry of what happens tomorrow if i lose this if i lose that well Fuck all of that. If I can just sit here and be present and enjoy this conversation with you and realize that, well, I just have 
five missed calls and six text messages and a bunch of emails to catch up on. That shit can wait. Does it drive me crazy? Yes. But yeah. like what I need is I need to be here and I need to be present and I need to enjoy this conversation. I need to know that life goes on whether I answer those or don't answer those. And I have to enjoy this because like we were saying earlier, it could all be gone tomorrow. But if I'm not enjoying it in the moment and recognizing that I'm in a place that years and years ago, I said I always wanted to be in, if I'm not actually recognizing that and becoming present, I'm never going to get to the place of where I think I, this like, it's this never ending grasp for a new destination. And so for me, it's coming into the present moment. It's something I practice a lot. I have this rock on my desk that I just like, whenever I'm anxious, I just rub it because it's like, it brings me into the present moment. I feel it. I have some sensory around it and I'm like, okay, well, that's there. And I can, I can go step outside. And I actually did this the other day, took off my shoes Mm -hmm. and just walked barefoot and became really present to what the earth felt like under, under my feet and what the sun felt like on my face and why I was thinking the way I was. And coming into that present moment is the understanding and the recognition that I'm okay. Yeah. And so that we, it's funny because I was asking uh, Charlie that works in our fulfillment department yesterday. I said, what's the word dude? Just like what's going on today. He goes, I don't know what the word is. He goes, what's the word for you? And I said, presence. Yeah. So that's what I'm practicing right now. Yeah. I like that, man. Show up, do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Be present. Give yourself permission. Mm-hmm. And, do your best to not let others affect who you are mm-hmm. and how you react. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's when that's, I'd say other than, other than presence, other than permission, other than all these things we talked about introspection, all these things we talked about on this podcast today, one thing that's like near and dear to me is and something I, I remember my wife asked me back in 2000 15 this question she has a collection of uh quotes from people around the world that she's met um because we're both quite big world travelers and she asks similar questions to each person um like life advice questions what's your what's your piece of life advice and i remember back in 2015 the first thing that came to my mind the first thing that came to my mouth was never let someone else's actions represent or influence yours. And so like, don't let them make you become someone you're not. So if they're being very disrespectful, selfish, irrational, like all of the things that you know you are not, do not let your actions match or reciprocate theirs. Stay who you are in that moment, Just be present. Give yourself permission Mm -hmm. to be who you are and stay who you are. And that's like, I think one of the most, something I try to practice a lot. So like today, for example, I got to have a phone call with the IRS for the Mm. third fucking time. Wonderful. Wonderful. But, and this is really, I got to keep this in mind the whole time. I'm on the phone with, you know, like with the IRS, for example, is... Do not like if don't let this become something that changes who I am. I'm patient. I'm understanding. 
and I'm someone who realizes that there's a bigger picture here. And this is someone that most likely doesn't, English isn't their first language and they have a lot of things they have to deal with, you know, and it's just like they have their whole other life. Like I'm, I'm trying to see the bigger picture. And I think it's easy for us to start yelling at these people to be super impatient. We become these people we don't recognize. Mm-hmm. Like if you've ever seen like one of your friends or uh, maybe even a partner become this person that you've never seen before when they're on the phone with like a customer service representative mm-hmm. and they just start shouting or like if something's wrong with their room or something's wrong with something that happened and yelling at the person that you knowingly know this isn't their fault. Yeah. Did they want to be on the other side right. of that like, conversation? Fuck, did I deserve this? No. I didn't do that. No. But so like it's, that's, that's, that, um, that's what I mean by that. Hell yeah, man. Appreciate you. This has been great. Yeah, dude. That's, that's, uh, uh, that's it. Oh, you got to plug your social. Oh, we got to wrap it up, but social. you got to plug your social. Um, <laughs> yeah. Do all that stuff. I'm not the best at that. Um, well, where can people find you? Yeah. Or you are cured. 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 Joseph Sheehy <laughs> on Instagram, Cured Nutrition on Instagram, curednutrition.com, um, the Cured Collective podcast. And then Lo and I run a podcast called The Joe Lo Show, where we talk about a lot of this stuff that we talked about here, but really, really deeply from a relationship standpoint, because we've gone through some fucking hurdles over the last year. Um, so yeah, I, I'm getting really bad at social media and actually that's a choice. And I just don't want to be on social media that much, but people are interested in reaching out to me and connecting with me on any of the stuff that we talked about here. More than happy to talk to people via DMs or whatever. So yeah. Hit him up. He may answer. He may not. (laughs) All right. He may, he will answer. It just may take some time. It may take some time. That's okay. Yep. This has been the Life Beyond Fitness Podcast. Thanks, brother. Thank you.